0: So this is my auntie, Corrine, so if you don't know her, she's the one on the right. Um, She's an absolute hero, Uh, she's French, she's an air hostess for British Airways, so she travels all over the world, Uh, meaning when I was growing up, I would get unreal birthday presents from Corrine from all over the world. Like when I was 14, I got a hoodie from Hollister, because believe it or not, there was a time when Hollister didn't exist in Northern Ireland, it wasn't in Victoria Square, and even more shockingly, a time when I wore Hollister. When I was in Upper Sixth on my 18th birthday, Corrine was in Vietnam, so I had no idea what I was going to get. And to be honest, I was kind of scared it was going to be something a bit weird. Um, She came back from her her trip, she came over to my house and she gave me the presents. So I ripped off the paper, I'm not one of those nicely unfolded and all this, I'm a sort of ripping the paper off kind of guy, tore open the box to find a brand new set of baits on rail Um, a brand new set of studio beats by dr dre and these things cost like 300 quid brand new so i was absolutely buzzing i could now be you know that guy with the stupidly big headphones i could now be anti-social on the bus in style i could now drum along to blisteringly loud music it was life was perfect in the headphone department for about two months now two months later things started to go wrong. The sound quality just went way down. I started having to change the battery like every week, and all the leads just started breaking. There was one day I was using them, I was drumming along with music, pumping through them, and it just quit on me for no reason, and I was furious. So I went up to my brother's room for a wee rant. You know how it is, everybody likes a wee rant now and again through the door, with the headphones in my hand, these stupid headphones flipping Dr. Dre. And before I could get any further, she and my brother looked at me and goes, you know they're fake, right? I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Vietnam is a place where a lot of fakes are made. That's where Korean get us all the decent stuff that wasn't real. So it actually made sense that my auntie didn't spend 300 quid on me for my birthday. But when I didn't realize they were fakes, when I thought they were the real deal, I had a completely flawed view of beats, and even of Dr. Dre himself. I had these headphones that weren't real, they weren't authentic, but I fooled myself into believing that they were, and in the process, I misrepresented the real thing, and more importantly, misrepresented the maker. Tonight, and over the next few weeks, we at see we want to challenge you to encourage you to get you thinking about your lives. Are you really living? Are you living the life of an authentic believer? Is your faith the real deal? Or do you slap on the fake Beats logo of your faith being Christian Christianity, Christianity, Christianity words, um, without any real substance to try and fool yourself? give yourself the impression that you're enjoying the best of the best but in reality you're settling for something a bit like my dodgy headphones are you trying to find true authentic life in a boring fraudulent faith and the way we'll be looking at what real life looks like this real authentic life looks like is by making our way through the fruit of the spirit the different aspects of the fruit of your spirit the spirit if your faith is the real deal You'll find yourself growing in the fruit of the Spirit, a list that we heard read at the start of the night, and we find it in Galatians 5. And this is what it says But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. So before we get stuck into the first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit tonight, before we look at all of these characteristics over the next four weeks, there are a few things that we need to know. And as a heads up, these things will probably repeat, be repeated by Powell and by Fanta Clark and by David Spence, which is a good thing because they're really simple things. So there are things that, especially myself, that we, we will always forget. The fruit of the Spirit, firstly, it's not an instant lifestyle change. It happens at the click of your fingers. In the same way, you don't plant an apple tree and then find multiple apples on the tree, or um, like I did, buy a gym gym membership and expect to see all your flab fall away. I really wish it happened. Don't expect to see instant change in your life. Don't expect to instantly become as kind as Gilly or as joyful as Pal. It's gradual. We don't want you feeling guilty that you're a newish Christian. That's not fantastic across the board. It's just not feasible. It's not possible. It takes time. It also takes effort on our behalf. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while, um, but you find yourself living in the works of the flesh that we saw at the start of the passage that Gilly read. And this is what it says. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Paul, the writer of Galatians, he tells us not to live like this, but rather keep in step with the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives, we need to be in an active relationship with God. We have to go to Jesus and ask him to work in and through us by his Holy Spirit. And then we need to work with him in being fruitful in our lives. Which shows us that most of all, although we need to go to him, it takes the work of the Holy Spirit He does the work in us. This is a list of characteristics of Spirit-led transformation. We can only grow in these because what Jesus has done for us. By his perfect life, where he perfectly showed the fruit of the Spirit, his death for us because we find ourselves living in the work of the flesh, and his resurrection to enable us to come into relationship with the Father and have the Spirit dwell in us, to transform every part of our lives. So this isn't um, a list of options like a pick-and-mix, even though we're looking at each characteristic individually. If you're growing in the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit, you can't pick some characteristics to grow in and then leave one aside like it's a bounty and a tub of celebrations. You'll find yourself over time growing in all aspects, not just some. So what aspect of the fruitless spirit are we looking at tonight? Tonight, we are looking at love, which begs the question, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Um, So we all have our different different takes on what love is. Uh, Jenny Douglas has her own take. True love is when your pet comes into your room on its own. (laughs) If my dog managed to find his way through the locked back door and up into my room, I would freak out, but maybe that's what true love is to Jenny. Uh, maybe true love for you is continuing to follow on despite the eight hundred and eighty two posts on instagram. maybe that 's what true love looks like for you, or maybe like Ryan Mann, love drives your passion for mission <laughs> <laughs> we We all have our own ideas of what love is, <laughs> but what is love no <laughs> Despite all the evidence, the fact that I'm engaged at 22, that uh, Ruth, my fiancée, should have to claim I'm the most perfectly loving person she's ever met, right, Ruth? No. Um, I am in no way an expert here. I may be madly in love, but that's not exactly what we're looking at. You see, love isn't just an emotion or a feeling, and it's guys, it's definitely not a me to you bear, so don't go down that route. It's a characteristic, it's a personality trait, that is the greatest characteristic of God, which is why it's the first characteristic that we see in the list of the fruitless spirit. Here's what love is not: to love someone is not to treat them well because they're kind of attractive and you want their Snapchat dates. It's it's not being nice to someone because they think that you they can give you think they can give you something that you want. I used to always go and visit my nana now not just because I wanted her Snapchat username, but I knew. <laughs> I knew if I sucked up to her, there's a chance, and I reckon most people in this room are in the same boat, if you went and sucked up to your granny, there's a chance you're going to leave with a nice 10 pound note in your pocket, or at least like a Mars bar ice cream or something like that. That was the fakest of fake loves. I had no interest about my Nana when I went to see her. The opposite of love is fear, and that leads us to abusing people to protect your own interests. This is another thing I used to be ace at, and still am. Um, I can constantly remind other people, especially my friends, of their flaws and failures to make myself feel better about myself. That are refusing to put myself in an uncomfortable position to help others. That's the opposite of love. To love someone, real, authentic love, is to serve a person for their good and intrinsic value to treat them as better than yourself, to look to their interests instead of yours. So what does, what does love look like? What does it look like to be someone who selflessly serves others' best interests? Poppy read for us 1 Corinthians 13, and this is what it says. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That is some list. And it's a list I know I fail to live up to daily. And I find it kind of hard to read that as well, because it makes me aware of how unloving I am. I'm impatient, unkind, envious, boastful, the works. But this isn't a list of rules or regulations that you must follow. This is describing a person, a person who we should follow. And if you've been to Sunday school, you've probably guessed it it's Jesus. Jesus is patient and kind, he does not envy or boast, he's not arrogant or rude. He doesn't insist on his own way. He's not irritable or resentful. He doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things. He endures all things. He is all of those things. He sums it up perfectly. But how do we know that for a fact? But 1 John 3.16 tells us how we can know it to be true. And it says... By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought today to lay down our lives for the brothers. The most perfect picture of love you can ever imagine is that when you are unloving and as unlovable as you could possibly be, God still loved you. He loves you. He loved you with immeasurable love, to the extent that the Father sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life of love to die on the cross because you were unloving because you didn't love others and you didn't love him and he rose three days later powerful over sin and death so that you could be in a loving relationship with him so you can go and love others and actually love others john 3 or 1, 1 john 3 16 continues by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, or people of CE, if you'd rather, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed or truth. Or, as the message puts it, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. Here's the challenge to us tonight. Learn to love Jesus because of his love for us. Then go and love others for Jesus because you've been loved by him. It's his love that should be the motivation, the reason and drive for our love for him and our love for others. There's a musician I'm a big fan of. He's called Newton Faulkner. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or if you've seen him. He looks a bit like a cheese string holding a guitar. Um, And he has a song with these lyrics. He says, uh, love, love is a verb. Love is a doing word. And that's what these verses are telling us. If we have love, we have to go and do something with it. In the same way we know Bon is in Africa because of his Instagram feed. It's full of Africa. People should know that we are authentic, loving people by our lives we should be bursting with it bun he's full of Africa so his life and Instagram feed and Facebook and Twitter is shouting possibly irritatingly Africa 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 if we're full of the love of Jesus by his spirit our lives should be shouting love and as we read there it doesn't mean just saying love or going up to people like I don't know if you've noticed but I'm really loving It's so much more than remembering to hashtag your photos, hashtag blessed, hashtag creation, or, you know, constantly uploading photos of your friends with, I really love this one, so people know you're a loving Christian. This amazing spiritual love in your life has to have some sort of practical output. And that's what the Holy Spirit is looking to do in your life. The problem, as you know, is that we are messy, broken people who sometimes, if we're honest, we love our sin a bit more than we love our God. We're all pretty good at getting in the way of what the Holy Spirit is looking to do in our lives. We like to hold on to our sin. We like to concentrate on ourselves more than others. And we use others to get what we want, to look out for our best interests. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to briefly make our way through 1 Corinthians 13. And look at how we can allow the Holy Spirit to work in us to be more loving. To identify areas in our lives where we're unloving. Where we need to work at. So we can be part of the work that Jesus wants to do in us through his Spirit. Love is patient and kind. So I went through all of these. I prayed about them. I thought about them. And I'm going to throw all the stuff that I, I kind of struggle with, with these um, or at least some of them, um, and hopefully they ring true for you too. Well, hopefully they don't, but they probably will. Patient and kind. Do you lose your patience easily? For me specifically, with my family members, my loved ones, my friends, when your mom, your dad, your adult, your sibling ask you how your day has been, and your day is actually being pretty crappy, do you actually answer their questions, or like me, and I'm 22, do you yell, "Fine"? And run away because you know a billion questions are about to follow? And then, like me, do you label your, your impatience sassiness because it's a bit more acceptable? Do you ask God for patience and kindness, not just to answer those questions, but so that you'll want to answer those questions and be in a loving relationship with those people who are asking them? Love doesn't envy or boast. And I think these two things go hand in hand. We uh, find ourselves jealous of another person's achievements or possessions or personality. So we try and we go and boast or beat them by boasting about what we have, what we've said or what we've done. For me, genuinely, it's uh, when I hear stories about people have lost something, like a possession or something like that, or a horror story, something like that, I have to beat them with my story about how I lost my possessions. So it's like, you know, nice story, but... Did I ever tell you about the time that I was robbed at knife point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat that story. You just, you just can't. Do we try and outdo one another? Romans 12.10 tell, tells us to love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Are we trying to show others up? Are we trying to show others love? love is not arrogant or rude maybe you think you're quite important maybe a bit more important than you actually are and I I have that tendency maybe maybe you're not as good as some people in your mind but who do you think you're better than do you treat others as more important than yourself do you bother with those people who don't really meet your standards whether that be the weirdos in your class, the annoying people in New years below, if you're in upper sixth, you know, those filthy fourth years, or do you talk or interact with those older people in church? Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Whose interests are you looking to? Your own or others? Love doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable nor resentful. We all have people in our life that we don't like. Or people in your life that don't like you. People who have hurt you. And maybe actually you have a proper reason not to like. People, if you're being honest, you'd rather, rather not love. Are you holding grudges? Do we insist on not loving them actually actively disliking them are you swallowing your pride following jesus example and loving those who don't love you love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing instead it rejoices with the truth Everybody likes a bit of gossip, right? Everybody loves uh, when someone messes up. A few weeks ago, I was playing drums and Johnny Winter started a song in the wrong key and my heart leapt with joy. It was hilarious. Um, that's wrong. We should we should always want the best. Not We should not be rejoicing when other people mess up. Maybe, like me, you'd rather not let the truth get in the way of a tasty wee rumour. Do you love gossip and people messing up or do you love the truth? Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all all things. And this is talking about our relationship with others. It's, It's very easy to give up on people, to think they're beyond love, to give up hope and distance yourself from the hurt people can cause you. Especially if it's someone you're close to. Especially if it's someone maybe in your friend's group that have gone off the rails. They've given up on themselves. They've given up on you. And they've given up on Jesus. This is where the love in your life can really come into play. You were loved when you didn't deserve it. We were loved when we didn't deserve it. When all hope seemed gone. When it was impossible to believe that you could be loved. He still loved you. The next verse in 1 Corinthians, it says, love never ends. So get this, God doesn't stop loving you. He doesn't stop pouring his love into your life. And because of that, we can continue to love even when it's difficult. We're nearly done. I ain't going to pray. And then Matthew's going to come and he's going to play one more song. And as he plays it, I'd like you to reflect on what God has said to you. What areas in your life do you need to hand over to him so that he can make you more loving? Where do you need to repent? To hand over the sin that you love so much to him so that he can work through it and make you more loving? what practical steps can you take in your life to show others his love and maybe you haven't experienced this love yet or you think you're beyond love you're not the bible tells us god is love he loves and he's offering this love to you so that you can have life and have it to the full have you experienced this love in your life Remember, his love defines who you are. You are loved. So go, be loving. Love others for him with the power and love that he gives you through his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you on loving, unlovable sinners, Lord. In need of a loving Savior, Lord. When we didn't deserve anything, Lord, you sent your Son to die for us as a sign of your love for us. So, Lord, over the next few minutes, work in our hearts. Lord, help us to identify areas in our life where we're unloving. Show us our own love to us, Lord, and work through it. Lord, I pray that we think of people that we find difficult to love. Lord, show us how to love them. And Lord, as we go, help these not just to be words, that you are love and that we are loving too. Lord, help us to put this into practice. Lord, we pray this in the name of our loving Savior. Amen.